Troy Pennington is our guest, and I'm finding out lots of things about Troy on the show coming up. In fact, Troy, because of his radio experience, got to do morning news for Armed Forces Radio in Vietnam. Good morning! <laughs> that and more coming up next on Twerk. This Week in Radio Tech is brought to you by Broadcasters General Store with outstanding service, savings, and support online at bgs.cc. By Broadcast Bionics with the Bionic Studio, including talk show control, social media, and visual radio, Broadcast Bionics brings exceptional audience engagement to radio and TV. By Angry Audio. Audio problems disappear when you get angry at angryaudio.com. By Nautel, worry-free transmission you can count on with outstanding control, reliability, efficiencies, and Nautel's unmatched 24-7 customer support online at Nautel.com. And by MaxConnect Wireless, prioritized high-speed internet service designed for transmitter sites and remote broadcasts. Hey, welcome into This Week in Radio Tech, the show where we talk about everything from uh, the microphone to that light bulb uh, from the top of the tower back there. Hey, I'm Kirk Harnack in the Telos Alliance studio in Nashville, Tennessee. This is my office. Yes, I get to have all this stuff all around me. Some days it's a lot, <laughs> but I'm glad to be here. Um, it's a uh, it's a rotten, rainy day here in Nashville. We've had tornado warnings and watches, and, and uh, we have some flood watches going on. It's been a rough day, but at the moment, Big line of thunderstorms has passed on by, so, hey, the power may stay on and the Internet may stay up. With that report, we'll move it on over to McWanago, Wisconsin. Let's bring in my friend, co-host, and good buddy, Chris Tarr. Hey, Chris, good to see you. Hey there. I wish uh, I wish it was as nice here as it was there. We're in the middle of a winter storm warning. I have about seven or eight inches of snow already today. Uh, schools are closed. Uh, you know, it's like snowmageddon once again. We're supposed oh, to have no. some more snow here until tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I've been spending the day inside, inside the office, not going anywhere. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see where it goes. It started out nice, and then this afternoon we're expecting just horrible traffic at rush hour. So yeah, mm. it's uh, it, it's it's a day. It's typical Wisconsin. Now, now for you, rush hour probably involves uh, a few steps and then some stairs and then the kitchen. Yeah, my rush hour is usually trying to get around the dog on my way downstairs. <laughs> Because, you know, he likes to beat me down there. So sometimes we get into a traffic jam right around the second flight of stairs there on the landing. We kind of get tied up and things slow down two or three seconds extra from playing my trip down to the basement. Gosh, that's hilarious. Well, let's uh, let's bring in our guest. Uh, Chris, this is somebody you know, I know. I've, I've met this man 20-plus years ago, probably early in my Telos career, and maybe before that. I, 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 knew, I knew of him because of uh, the Society of Broadcast Engineers. Let's bring in Troy Pennington. Troy, welcome in. Good to see you. Well, thank you very much, Kirk, and hello, Chris. Good to see y'all. And uh, uh, that's a good old uh, howdy-do uh, welcome, y'all, from uh, Tennessee. So. <laughs> Chris, we've got some uh, thunderstorms uh, that are moving out of the area, and uh, just uh, oh, I did that as a joke. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I was, you got oh, me. You, awesome. you got me. Speaker. Oh my God! I wish I could have, could have taken a shot of your expressions when you. <laughs> you <saw that> <laughs> Thankfully, though, we hope the the worst is over. I mean, man, it got rough there for a while. Rough. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so, but I haven't checked the, 
I, I haven't checked the deck yet to see if the umbrellas are still there, but I, I actually took them down before the storm came about lunchtime today. I went outside and put some food in the bird feeders and, and took the umbrellas down off of the, off of the, their, their posts, you know, so yeah. we'll, we'll see how it, how it goes. Well, weather is, is weather is always something that we talk about. And, uh, Troy and I, we talked a little bit before the show, you know, what are we going to talk about talking points? And we do have a few talking points, but I bet Troy will have some good old Alabama and Tennessee weather stories to tell us about broadcast engineering and maybe even how he learned to uh, be ready for that and, um, uh, and, and deal with it uh, in the aftermath right now, though, let's get a quick word about Nautel. Nautel, you know, they've restarted their Transmission Talk Tuesday roundtable events. In fact, just this morning, I got to talk to Jeff Welton. He and I got to spend about an hour together talking about uh, different engineering topics and the Transmission Talk Tuesdays that are coming up. And uh, we've got one coming up this coming Tuesday. That's the 21st of February. You need to go to Nautel.com slash webinars uh, to register and then click on Transmission Talk Tuesdays. Uh, easy to register. Just fill it out. And uh, this this Tuesday, it's going to be about spectrum analyzers. And the guest speaker, the guest expert about spectrum analysis is Adram, uh, excuse me, Adam Middlecoop. Adam Middlecoop, he's a Nautel customer, and he's a service technician uh, uh, for, you know, broadcast facilities. So I'm, I'm signed up for it, and I hope you will get there, too. Chris, uh, uh, I know that you enjoy these things every now and then. What's what's been a good topic that you've enjoyed from Transmission Talk Tuesday? Oh, you know, there's been a couple. I, I did like the one uh, with the expansion of of HD radio, where you add you know more carriers and you can do multiple stations on an on an oh, HD yeah. carrier. I thought that one was really good. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we were advertising the the one that was held just la- this past Tuesday. And uh, that was on Valentine's Day. And there was a, uh, a an acronym in there that I didn't know what it meant. I should have, and I didn't. It wasn't a senior moment. I, was, I really didn't know. Yeah. M-E-R. Do, do you know what that stands yep. for? I found out today. All right. What is it? Modulation error rate. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember hearing it. I couldn't remember what it was, but yeah, that's right. And it, and it's uh it, it's it's a it's a good metric, um if your modulation error rate and it's 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 uh, it's measured at least it's specified in dB now the a rate in dB that doesn't sound uh, that I, I guess a dB is a ratio so maybe that does work, uh it needs to be below it needs to be below minus eighteen so you know minus nineteen minus twenty that's fine minus eighteen and a half is okay, but if your um uh, if your HD radio transmission is is compromised in some way maybe a narrow banded antenna maybe um some some kind of uh something's wrong with the uh, pre-correction algorithm in the exciter um that helps make everything come out the the end okay uh if there's ice on the antenna your mer is going to go way up because your your bandwidth is wrong on your antenna and all that does basically is it seriously decreases your coverage area for your HD radio, not because the power's down, but because things just get really nasty as you, as you get out farther and, and the, the, uh, the constellation, you know, the, the two by two constellation just doesn't uh, do well anymore. So there you go. MER modulation error rate. I should have learned that last Tuesday, but I was getting ready for my big date <laughs> Tuesday night at, at the Waffle House. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Nautel, for sponsoring this week in Radio Tech. Go be sure you register at nautel.com slash webinars. All right. 
Troy Pennington. I've been waiting to uh, interview Troy for a, a long time. I met Troy. Uh, Troy, I'm not sure when the first time we I know it was in, in Birmingham. It was um, in Birmingham, but, and that would have been yeah. back in the uh, early 80s. Um, well, now let's see. Probably been, been, been about the mid 80s. And well, I started working. Was it that? Was it that early? Wow. Yes, it was. I believe Could've so. Been. Yeah. Wow. Well, now that was back when you were 13 years old and just starting in broadcasting. That's the that's that was your age when you started broadcasting, right? Yes, yes, yes. 13 times two. So uh, <laughs> that, that, that was about my age there. But, uh, well, I always like to begin the conversation with how did you get started in this crazy world? And I'll bet you, like most of us, you wanted to talk on the radio. So t take it away absolutely. and tell us about uh, about being so young and what, you seventh said, grade. Like a lot of us, yeah. yeah, a lot of us engineers started out that way just to get our foot in the door and get to sit and watch and, uh, you know, free of charge. And so uh, I, I made friends with the chief engineer at that time, and that was uh, Bob Lloyd. Uh, Bob, I think now, is down in uh, Florida. He teaches communications uh, at uh, one of the universities down in, in Florida. Now, Bob may have been retired by now. I haven't heard from him in a few years. But uh, I would sit in there for hours and read some of his books and just so excited to get to go in the control room and then he started letting me go with him to the transmitter site. It was a little kilowatt day timer, and uh, it was uh, on uh, 1580 and a raggedy old oh, transmitter. I can't even, all I remember just wires hanging out everywhere. And I remember when I walked in the door of the tra little transmitter building, um, his, his, his words of warning were, watch out for the wires. And I mean, they were all over the floor, all over the ceiling, dangling down. I walked oh, no. in, hovered over like this because I'm afraid I might get some high voltage across my head up here. And so uh, that was uh, back, uh, I was 14 years of age when I started that. Uh, Joe Woodard, uh, uh, Woodard Broadcasting, uh, they had uh, three stations in Alabama and uh, Joe's sons have now uh, taken that over. And they've moved that station out of Talladega and moved it over to uh, Anniston, Oxford area, just a few miles hmm. uh, uh, west or north. But I don't know what it, it's it's west, I guess. No, it'd be east, east. So anyway, uh, that was in high school. Had to ride a bicycle for work. And then later, uh, I got to work at WNUZ in Talladega. And their engineers were the Watley brothers. You may be familiar with them. They're long gone now. They own Cherokee Electronics uh, down in, uh, 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 let's see, Wetumpka or somewhere down in there. Uh, one of their stations was WETU, so that's where Wetumpka's uh, station was. Ours was WNUZ in Talladega. And they had another one, and I can't remember where it is, but it was in South Alabama somewhere. And uh, so... That was uh, that was our music of that day. So I was a teenage disc jockey for a while. And whenever they would come up for some nighttime uh, uh, things, they'd come up from South Alabama. I wanted to be there. And they were happy to, and they, they would show me things. And, and they built their own transmitter. Um, they say it was a clone of a, a Gates transmitter back then. And as far as I know, that station has gone dark. But uh, WEYY in Oxford, Alabama now is doing, doing really well. Uh, from there, I went to Gadsden 
and it was a two-tower array, uh, 1350, and uh, it was a uh, one uh, five kilowatt daytime and I think a thousand watts uh, nighttime, and that's where I got my first taste of directionals. I went through mm. that, uh, what was it, that Carl Smith School uh, oh. on directionals. I went through there and uh, came back and uh, had uh, had an old BC5P. Uh, that was one of the first transmitters I had taken under, you know, in my responsibility. I wasn't the chief engineer then. We had a, a great chief engineer, um, Hallie Williamson. And Hallie taught at the uh, Gadsden Trade School. He taught electronics there, was an excellent engineer, and uh, spent a lot of time uh, in electronics in the military service in World War II. So I uh, spent a lot of time with him, learned uh, monitoring points uh proofs skeleton proofs full proofs partial proofs and uh proof proofs so <laughs> and of course the uh you know the the annual audio proofs you had to do oh, and yeah. that was a headache especially when you had somebody at uh had to be at the station and you had to be at the transmitter and used uh use that equipment for that and then they did away with that then we got an MW5 and oh my goodness MW5 uh, that was interesting. We, uh, we had three of them in Gadsden and, mm, uh, the okay. one at big wax, five seventy five kilowatt, big one down there with towers in the river. Uh, it caught on fire one day. And oh. so, uh, they came out with a lot of these modifications. So I went through modifying that, uh, that old MW five and, uh, just in the, I've had an exciting career. I mean, I get, uh, Sometimes I get emotional, just the wonderful memories that that mm-hmm. you have in radio. Uh, I didn't mind 24-7, seven days a week. I loved it. Loved getting out and going in, rain, st- snow, sleep, whatever. After Gadsden, I went to uh, Cox Radio in Birmingham, uh, oh, WZZK, okay. that uh, was a, a, a winner in the uh, market down there for it set up, uh, what's that world's record um, uh, company that, uh, you know, rates things, the world's oh, biggest uh, model? Guinness. Guinness. Yeah. Guinness, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, had, uh, we had their most numbered, number one books that they had on uh, record for a radio station. So that was interesting. Uh, Birmingham was my first. Uh, the saying was, if you were in radio in Alabama, and you had an opportunity to go to Birmingham. You knew right then and there that you made the big time. I never will forget uh, in one of the studios they had, if you want to be in the New York market, sound like you already there on this station. And it it did. It was, it was hmm. uh, very impressive. WSGN, we later bought that. Uh, I think when, uh, when I started, it was New City or actually Cats, New City, um, and then Cox. I don't think there was another one, but it was all the same Cox family. Great company to work for, just a wonderful. Dick Ferguson was uh, over the radio section. You know, they have that Mannheim car auction and all sorts of things. So uh, I learned a lot there, a lot there. And that's when I got uh, involved in, SBE, and, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna put a 
we're going to put a pause on it uh, just right there okay. because uh, yeah. what I, I, I want to hear I, about I, I the SB involved because obviously yeah. you you went over the years from a fresh, brand new, uh, wet behind the ears member of yeah. SB yeah. to eventually the highest position you can have an SB, you know, voted but, on by your peers, and that's that's yeah, an amazing, yeah. amazing thing. Uh, we're talking let to. How, let me tell you how yeah. you can pause me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> well, today the Just torch show will be a three-hour special with <laughs> Troy Pennington. <laughs> so, this is hey, fun, uh, Chris Tarr is here with us, and uh, and and Troy Pennington, uh, former SBE president and longtime engineer, uh, as you can hear th th through the Birmingham market. When we come back, I want to ask Troy about you know changes through the years in that Birmingham market because there's a market where he probably I'm going to guess that Troy had some money from time to time to improve a transmitter, improve a tower location, uh, put up a better antenna, things like that. When you know when you're number one year after year after year, uh, as WZZK was, well, you, you kind of get some opportunities to do things right. I'm guessing, but I don't know that. Uh, Chris, uh, and I'm, I'm eager to hear your thoughts. Uh, well, first of all, give me, Chris, give me 60 seconds on, on, on Troy's early development in the radio business. Doesn't that sound like, you know, very typical in our business? Oh, sure. As a teenager, I was playing polka records on the local station in Hartford, Wisconsin. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> we all, we all, uh, you know, I, don't be, it was fun. I mean, it was my first time on the radio. It was my first taste. And in Wisconsin, yeah. polkas are a big thing. So, yes. yes. Um, no, I mean, I, you know, I, I think a, a lot of us, uh, you know, especially, you know, that have been in this business a while, uh, that, you know, that's how we got started. We, we, we wanted to be on the radio. We were doing that and, you know, we're fascinated by the transmitters and the equipment and, you know, all these other things and, you know, kind of grew up to really appreciate that stuff and, and want to be able to, 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 to do that, you know, plus the money's much better than being on the air and let's be honest here. So, um, you know, it, it, it's real interesting because I think the people who, are really successful and and go far in this business have that love have that that radio in their blood that you know as, as troy said don't mind working the 24 7 365 and you know love to be able to go in and solve those problems and and fix the transmitters and things like that i, I never have a bad day at work i'll tell you that that's a and that's a topic I want to come back to uh, after we hear some more from Troy uh, about that that kind of adrenaline junkie feeling, or at least the feeling that a lot depends on you and you know, or you maybe know how to fix it, how to make it work, how to keep it running. And I I think a lot of us engineers get pride out of that of having done something or uh, you know that's challenging. Um, you know, I've climbed towers in an ice storm to get an STL connector back together. Not sure that was the smartest thing in the world to do, but if I didn't do it, we're going to be off there for a week before we get a tower crew down there. So, uh, uh, you know, th things like I I'm wondering about the motivation and certainly there's a little bit of, of adrenaline junkiness uh, in, involved with that. Hey, it's this week in Radio Tech. Kirk Harnack here. Troy Pennington uh, is with us as well as, well as Chris Tarr. Uh, we're going to hear from our friends at Broadcast Bionics thoroughly in 2023 with the technology of today. And we'll be right back in just a minute. Welcome to the Bionic Studio. The Bionic Studio brings all audience interaction to the fingertips of a production team in radio, TV, and podcast. 
Our workflow-led system is working 24-7 around the world for small broadcasters and national and international networks. Our telephony module, Bionic Talk Show, allows cost-effective centralization, remote operation, scalability, and resilience across an entire network of stations, but at the same time is used in single-studio self-op environments. Social media curation and activity is now considered a broadcast-critical part of programming. Bionic Social means the studio isn't overwhelmed with a wall of interaction from an ever-growing number of social platforms. We combine SMS, MMS and email together with a speech-to-text service for listeners using smart speakers. We enable studio teams to curate, filter and display all platforms in one place and post text, images and video content to multiple platforms in one operation. Effortless collection of video content with Bionic Director has helped position some of the world's most successful stations as leaders in viral content, generating appointments to listen and free marketing via retweets and shares. Bionic Contest enables end-to-end -end tracking of on-air competitions, live reads and prizes. These could be on-air contests, automated SMS entry or online. Anywhere and Skype TX for Radio brings high-quality audio and video contribution into the studio with ease. No need for dedicated PCs to run different applications. Everything is controlled within the Bionic Studio UI. And incoming connections are visible to users along with all other platforms. Our codec integration enables connection, algorithm configuration and directory to a wide range of IP and ISDN codecs. The Bionic Studio, a unique suite of products designed to enable your talent to work smarter. These folks at Broadcast Bionics, I got to tell you, I got to spend uh, most of last week with uh, Dan McQuillan and um, and some other folks, uh, Chris Voci, for example, at at uh, Bionics. And wow, uh, a lot to talk about coming up. So stay tuned you know, through NAB and probably just after NAB, we'll have Dan McQuillan on the show with some uh, pretty exciting news. All right. Thanks a lot, Broadcast Bionics. Check them out now at bionics.co.uk or bionic.radio. All right, we're here with uh, Chris Tarr, as usual, co-host, and Troy Pennington is our guest. Troy, uh, welcome welcome back in. You've been taking us through some of your early years in broadcast engineering. Like so many of us, you just started hanging out, uh, you know, trying to learn uh, you know, what this stuff is, is all about. You got so excited about going to the transmitter site and seeing that stuff, knowing that very few other people get to see that frankly very few other people are probably interested in seeing it but you know people like you me and chris tar certainly were uh, i, I want to explore a little bit about your birmingham years and what i mentioned about being able to upgrade and upgrade and upgrade talk to me about uh, about that and, uh, and what how you got to see that through in birmingham those were the best years of my life in this career in this profession and uh to work for a company like that and to to be a part of an organization that uh, had a number one station and then started getting more stations in the market. We wound up with three or four, best I remember. And about that time, uh, I, I, I moved on after being there, I, I don't know, 18 years or so, 19. But it was just, uh, it, it was family, it was warm. Uh, everything was just, just, just great. We moved, uh, we, we were in the, um, the Towers building and we moved from there down to the Ceridian building uh, atop Red Mountain, just down the hill from where we were uh, at, the, at the Towers building. And uh, at midnight, we signed off. First time the station had ever been off the air, except for 
proofs and things like that. So a bunch of us just got together and it had been snowing and we moved everything from, uh, uh, from that building up to the other with a lot of stuff. Of course, that building down there had already been completed uh, in the newer section. So we, all we had to do is move some furniture, but, but we just moved right in just seamlessly, just, just seamlessly. Um, one story I wanted to uh, talk to you about, I'll get right back to Birmingham is that, um, uh, my first job, like I said, was with, uh, Woodard Broadcasting. Uh, and I stayed there for the longest just to get my foot in the door and get to talk to the engineer, get to talk to the people and get to see how an on-air station really works. And so I got a call one day from, uh, Joe Woodard and, uh, Joe said that, um, Troy, I think we've got a position for you here. And I was just, my heart just began to pound. I was so excited, so excited. <laughs> I pedaled my bicycle so fast. I went through, I was across town. Of course, Talladega is not that big, but I was across town within five minutes and bounded up those steps. He had a, a, a two-story building there. He occupied the second floor and I think a auto parts store occupied the bottom floor. And, uh, he hired me, it's a daytimer, of course, for the 4 p.m. to sign off uh, time at a dollar an hour. And I'm thinking, wow, man, I'm doing this and making some money, too. Well, it came about December, and he signed off at 44, uh, 445, <laughs> and uh, he paid me 75 cents for, for that month and I think February too. So, but that's one of the funny things when, when I, when I started up was, was, was that, uh, another thing, uh, and I'll, and I'll be lengthy on this, uh, not, but I'll try not, not to be, but, uh, a high school DJ, uh, WNUZ played the music that we kids loved. Uh, it was the animals and the, the Beatles and, uh, all of those, uh, Gary Lewis and the Playboys, th those type. And also, when you're doing a night shift, you had to go rip and read. You had to go to that old uh, United Press International machine, just clanging around in there and come back. And thank goodness we had sharp edges on the studio furniture, and you could rip mm -hmm. them, you know, story by story. <laughs> well, we had a wonderful English teacher. I mean, just so mindful of the students and helped them in any way. Every morning before class, uh, she would have me come in, and she had a whole list of names, words that I had mispronounced the night before. And I had to stand there while she said it, and I had to repeat it after that. Every, night, every day when I got back, uh, when I got back into school. So, But anyway, uh, moving on, uh, yeah, SBE was, was, was great. Um, I was president from 2001 to... October 2003, we were going to be installed in office on the night uh, of uh, September the 11th. Mm. And um, of course, um, I got up that morning. I didn't turn the radio on. My flight was going to leave about eight o'clock. So I got up and um, got my shower, dressed, all that. Drove into uh, Birmingham, into town. And I walked in the door, and it was so quiet, very quiet. And I could hear some muffled crying coming out of the uh, conference room. And uh, I said, 
you know, I was thinking to myself, what's going on? And I opened the door and everybody had tears in their eyes and uh, very, very sad. And then that about the time I walked in that door, that second plane hit and I knew and I didn't even have any idea it was. And there I was. I had just stopped off prior to uh, proceeding on to the airport just to check on things, make sure things were running right and all that. So walked in there and then that happened. So I knew then that all flights were canceled. Um, John Batson was on the board of directors then. He worked across mm-hmm. town at WTTO Television and mm-hmm. uh, he was uh, uh, on the board of directors. Well, he left the night before and got stranded up in Cincinnati, I think, or he left early that morning and got stranded. Anyway, he got halfway to New York and they grounded all the planes. Mm-hmm. So he had to stay up there. I think he stayed up there for like uh, three or four or five days and finally rented a car and came back. A lot of those people that were heading for that meeting uh, got stranded. They got in, may have gotten you know there, their first point and uh, they grounded all the planes. So we were instilled uh, in office um via telephone i don't know if that's ever been done before uh we always go to a meeting to be uh, uh installed into office and uh so we took our oath uh over the telephone chris Imlay was the uh, uh legal counsel then and uh he uh he instilled in, in installed us into the uh into our our offices uh, had a great uh, term as president. We lost uh, six engineers um, uh, that 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 morning when the planes hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. we established a fundraiser for the the survivors and the families. That was very touching. That was hard to do. Um, and then uh, I think we raised quite a bit of money with the help of uh, uh, those people that uh, died in that, uh, their companies contributed as well. And so it was very touching and, and you know, what a way to start off a, uh, a start off in office for the first pr- time as president of the Society of Broadcast Engineers. The rest of the year had its, had its challenges. We met them, uh, proud of the fact that we uh, started the um, volunteer uh, frequency coordinators and mm. uh, a lot of SBE Folks uh, were involved in that and became uh, coach, what do they call it, coach to quarterback uh, communications, as well as general communications between the other TV stations and radio stations around. So we got that started. And I'm trying to remember the two guys with the NFL. Uh, they gave all the, the board of directors a wonderful NFL uh, coat for, for game day. It had on their game day coordinator. So that was another another great memory. Um, and then uh, just meeting people and getting to travel, um, staying up late in some of those. Well, Kirk, you probably know uh, sometimes you can stay up till midnight in these board meetings and uh, some <laughs> committee meetings. I mean, and, and beyond midnight. So uh, I, I feel like I've been through it, but I was happy to uh, happy to get elected. Uh, I served on the board of directors. Uh, then I served as a, treas- a treasurer, and then I served uh, as vice president, and then president. Uh, later on, uh, John Batson 
served as pres. Uh, I think he served as president too. I may be mistaken. At my age, my mind is has left me. So, but uh, a lot of the the guys. I mean, we had Ray Ray Benedict was my vice president. Everybody knows Ray, super guy. Uh, some of the board members, uh, R.J. Russell, he's still doing some mm-hmm. things for the uh, Society Broadcast Engineer. Mark Humphrey, uh, Vinny Lopez. Oh, my goodness, Vinny is still uh, serving and is serving on the Fellows Committee. Uh, I chair the Fellows Committee, and and uh, Vinny is uh, a part of that committee there as well. Um, Barry Thomas, may you rest, rest, rest peacefully. Uh, mm-hmm. hate to see him, uh, leave us, uh, you know, but anyway, uh, Conrad, uh, Chapman, um, uh, Andy Butler, uh, mm-hmm. John Pore, and Chris Emley, of course, those are some lifelong friends, those that are still living, some lifelong friends that I've developed as being active in, in the society broadcast engineers. So all in all, this has been a wonderful, um, a wonderful, wonderful career. It, it has its, you know, aggravations at times, but it, it's the rewards way more than compensate for that. Uh, just, uh, you know, little things for your desk, like uh, employee of the month. Uh, the, the building uh, was dedicated uh, to me and Jordan Bullard, who was the general manager. Uh, at that time at WZZK. And uh, so, and Jordan passed away uh, in November, I think, uh, this past year. So, hated to see him go. And uh, he lost his wife a year before that. And uh, Jordan was was super, absolutely super. But, uh, Troy, um, uh, in, yeah. in a couple of minutes, I'd, I'd like to uh, uh, get talk about some of the, the technological advances that you were part of, you know, throughout the, what, the 1980s, 1990s, and, and 2000s, and, when, and your move to, to Nashville. Uh, but yeah. be- before we take our next commercial break, I want to ask Chris uh, about his impression. 9-11. Now, of course, it's a day that lives in, in, that in our minds. It's very fixed in our minds, what we were doing. But it's it seems like uh, a, a lot of us were doing something significant that day. Um, and, and, or, or maybe of course the day has significance because of what happened, but you know, that was the day that I met Chris Tarr. I, I met him for lunch. Uh, it was delayed just a little bit, but, uh, Chris had been working all morning. I was visiting Chicago. I was stuck in Chicago, although it wasn't a problem. I was scheduled to meet people all week long and make station visits. And then I was able to come home just a day late on, I think the Saturday after all that happened. But, uh, Chris, what, what's, what's your impression, uh, about, uh, 9-11, since Troy brought it up, uh, the significance of, of that day in so many of our broadcast lives. I think in many ways it brought out the best in all of us, not only in engineering, but in just in broadcast. Um, you know, we, and, and I know you and I have talked about this before, you know, where I took, we had a, uh, I think it was a 10 station group around Chicago and I, you know, managed to piece together a way to connect them all as a network using ISDN and telephone lines and, and all this mm-hmm. other stuff so that we could have people taking calls and, 
and, you know, reporting the news and reassuring people and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And, and you just, you heard stories about, uh, you know, broadcast stations, radio and TV, just stepping up to the plate and doing what we should be doing, you know, serving the communities. And, you know, so many stations dropped, uh, you know, dropped their, their music formats to do all news. You even heard some of the, the top 40 stations taking calls from kids and, and young adults to kind of help them make sense of what's going on. So I think we were really at our best. And, you know, I was very, uh, you know, it's a very sad and significant day, but I was very proud of of my team and and what we were able to accomplish that day uh, to really, uh, you know, do what we could to serve our communities and, and be a resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a day. What a day it, it was. And, and, and people like like. Well, Troy, I know your flight was canceled. You, you were you were installed later on uh, by the by phone, uh, and I'm I uh, I was a member of, of SB. In fact, we were we were kind of making the Nashville chapter uh, go at that time. That was uh, well, that was a long time ago. And actually, did I live in Nashville at that moment? I don't remember, or if I was still living in uh, in Mississippi. Um, hey, when we come back, uh, we're talking to Troy Pennington, uh, past president of the SBE, but also a broadcast engineer for many, many years with a terrific career starting in the Talladega area, moving to Birmingham. I want to talk more about Birmingham and then moving on to Nashville, where I got to spend some time with Troy from time to time here, uh, where uh, he, he oversaw uh, a beautiful building, lots of studios and, and lots of activity there, including national national talk show the Phil Valentine show coming out of that facility, plus plenty of transmitter sites, including I'm sure a very frustrating high power FM site that, uh, that, that was, uh, was always a, a, a bit of trouble. Uh, it's this week in radio tech. I'm Kirk Harnack and Chris Tarr and I uh, are going to talk about a couple of things coming up. Uh, Max connect wireless is coming in a minute, but Chris, uh, I wonder if you might give us a, a chat about what's going on at angry audio and what are some things that you are really liking there, Chris? Oh, I am very excited about their USB interface. Um, you know, a lot of how many times over the years have you tried to, you know, create a cable uh, to to plug your computer into the console, and even with things like you know the the matching amplifiers and all that stuff, you still hear some noise. You hear some buzz, and and you know, typically it's CPU noise kind of running down the wire. You kind of get that little hum, that high pitch hum or that squeal. Uh, you know, it's, it's frustrating. And I know a lot of people have to deal with that. And the whole fact that you've got to have all these boxes in between and you got to have extra power and, and all this stuff just to make that work. Well, the folks at Angry Audio, Catfish, came up with this great product that's a computer USB interface, and it runs off of bus power, so you don't have to plug any power to it, and it is an isolation transformer that completely eliminates the hum and the buzz. What a great idea. I mean, it, you know, I know some people have gotten around it with Bluetooth. Some people have gotten around it with, you know, coils and toroids and all kinds of stuff. This box, you just plug it in and you go. And today, with all of the uh, stuff going on with trying to get computers on the air for playback and, you know, YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff for the talent, uh, this is something whose time has come. And it's so easy to use. You plug it into your USB port. You take the cables. There it is. And it even has Studio Hub in and out. So you don't have to do audio cables at all. You can take your input and your output, plug it in there, 
and then the USB goes to your computer. So you've got all the ins and you've got all the outs and you're all set to go. And again, bus powered. That's the key thing right there because you don't have to plug it into an outlet. It's, you know, you just one box. You can, as you can see by the screws here, you can mount it and throw it out of the way and you get rid of all those hums, you get rid of all those buzzes, and you get nice, clean audio in and out without having to deal with sound cards or anything else. It is a sound card. And so, that, you know, not only a sound card, high quality one with the transformers built in. So next time you're trying to get a computer together, don't cobble something Frankenstein together. Get angry. Angry Audio. You can check them out, angryaudio.com. You can also talk to your favorite software vendor. I get my stuff through BSW, who we'll be talking about in just a second. But when you know, when you go to their site, check out all of the different gizmos and gadgets that they have. Anything you may need to solve a problem, they've got. And the <laughs> stuff that they make is so high quality that you know it's just it's amazing the kind of stuff they're 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 uh, cranking out lately. Angryaudio.com, check them out today. Uh, that USB analog interface. I talked to, to uh, Mike Dosh in his office about this uh, unit probably six, seven weeks ago. And he really pointed out how the, the, the grounds, the, the, uh, the audio ground, the analog audio ground, which is what you're going to plug into from some analog device, and the computer USB ground, they are galvanically isolated. Now, I'm not quite sure yes. what that means. <laughs> but but it, what it does mean for you is that there that you don't get hums or buzzes between whatever the de audio device you've got and whatever it's plugged into and the computer's audio ground, which may not be that good anyway and may be full of noise itself. And, well, and, and especially if you've a, got like a especially if you've got like a built in monitor, built in video mm -hmm. card that also tends to create a lot of noise. Refresh rates from monitors, mm -hmm. LCD are, you know, are a big, big problem with that so yeah it's that's fantastic check it out uh, thanks a lot uh, chris Starr, for talking about the angry audios usb uh, analog gizmo all right hey our show is also brought to you by uh, max connect wireless and i've used this thing again for uh, for more uh, more shows that we've done here at this week in radio tech uh, to keep stations on the air as famously a few months ago i kept wevl in memphis on the air when something happened light as lightning Lightning happened to their uh, business class uh, cable modem and uh, took them off the air during fun drive. So mm -hmm. I got my, I hightailed it down there in a few hours, got them back on the air with a Max Connect wireless. And here's John Tocock to tell you why he loves it. With all of the recent cybersecurity attacks against large corporations, we were looking for a product that would give us the ultimate security at our transmitter sites and as well as with our broadcast equipment. Max Connect fits the bill very well. Its greatest security feature is the fact that it gives you a single static IP address. Using this single static IP address allows us to close hundreds of open ports on our firewalls across the company and restrict access to only the Max Connect IPs. This has greatly reduced our exposure to the World Wide Web and made us much more secure moving forward. It's also given us the ability to expand as needed in a secure fashion. And I think uh, Chris Tarr has got a Max Connect story for you right now. Chris, what's up? Oh, yeah, this is so awesome. So I've got a uh, one of my transmitter sites. I have a backup automation system there that, that rolls. And typically that gets through 
uh, an IP radio from a different site. We, uh, you know, we upload the logs and the audio and everything else. Well, that link is down right now. And we were kind of stuck in the water until I forgot, or I remembered that, you know, my max connect is sitting there. And with the firmware on that max connect, I could create a VPN tunnel back to a different station. So I was able to do that and added it to my VPN network for the corporate network that we have. And we were back in business, able to upload logs and audio and everything else through the Max Connect. So that's why I always say it's just so, it's such a great thing to have in your toolbox for things just like that that you never even would have thought of. Uh, you know, typically you're like, oh, an STL or whatever. But this was a situation where I was able to get, log, you know, keep logs and audio synchronized as a backup device through a VPN on my corporate network, all with the Max Connect. Ah, what a great story. Max Connect Wireless, go to Max Connect. I know it's spelled funny because, you know, everybody, all the names are taken. <laughs> M-A-X-X-K-O-N-N-E-C-T dot com. And you can hook up with any of the uh, major uh, wireless carriers. They all have deals with Max Connect for prioritized data and static IP addresses. You're going to like it. A lot of folks do. Thanks a lot, Josh Bone, for sponsoring this week in Radio Tech. All right, mm. we're with Troy Pe Troy Pennington's here. And... Uh, Troy, I want to talk about either technology or your stories surrounding it. Kind of bring us into uh, you know the last fifteen or twenty years or so uh, when uh, when you were engineering in Birmingham and then moved to Nashville. What's a what's a an I'd love to hear about an improvement, a technology upgrade that that you know you were waiting to do or maybe you were fearful to do and you did it anyway. What's uh, what have you had to relate to us? Well, there are a number of those, and I'd be happy to share with you. And uh, it's it's uh, part of the album of experiences that I, I have mm -hmm. in my book of life. So, um, for instance, in Birmingham, uh, we were in the Towers building and had old equipment that had been there for a while. But we had, at that time, PRNE consoles and uh, PRNE furniture. And it was on the third floor of that building overlooking Birmingham. Uh, we had a, uh, you know, an electronic router even back then. I've uh, mm -hmm. never seen one of those before. That was back, I can't remember how far back that was. And then when we moved down uh, to the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the other building, uh, uh, what did I say? Ceridian, uh, Ceridian building, and mm -hmm. uh, all new equipment then. Uh, I think we had, uh, we had, uh, uh, of course, then we, we went to, uh, uh, in the old building, we had the Tomcat cart machines. And then, of course, oh, yeah. we uh, vacated those. They didn't make the move down. I mean, wonderful machines, high dollar machines, uh, would run at 15 and a half and, and, uh, sounded just really, really great. And, uh, we had those, but they had served their lifetime there. And so we moved and got all new equipment uh, in the building, in the Ceridian building. And now that station has since moved to uh, uh, a even a bigger place. This was an 18,000-foot building, two-story oh. building. And we had 18,000 feet in our uh, second floor up there. And we used every inch of it. And uh, I've been fortunate, uh, like here in Nashville, to work with some of these great uh you know, engineers and work with fine furniture, fine equipment, great transmitters. You know, you lots of times you don't get that in the small markets. Uh, uh, and 
you know, reasonably so because it's 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 a little it's a little expensive. But uh, these are the two biggest projects that I've been a part of: the Nashville uh, uh, move move uh, down on Second uh, Avenue, I think that is, um, and uh, that was a very nice, very nice facility. And then, of course, in Birmingham, uh, we had a nice facility, uh, and it's even in a better facility now down in the Hoover area. They moved down to Hoover area. So um, just uh, it's been a good life. Uh, I feel like, what, what was it, Ralph Edwards, and this is your life. So, but, uh, you know, in uh, Troy, in, in Nashville, you guys had two major facilities. You had the, I guess, the the, the music row uh, are you called the music row facility, which was your main, you know, multiple studios. You ran, you ran a national talk show out of there and you had a satellite uplink up on the roof. Tell me we about yes. g- getting, w- were you involved with, with the, the beginning of that when the uplink got installed oh, yes. and, and yes, ha- yes. tell me about that, that process. What was challenging about that? Uh, challenging was I'd never dealt with anything that big and that heavy. I mean, the, the dish is huge. Mm. And I remember, you know, all I ever did was put up uh, in my career, put up the uh, the regular receiving dishes. And mm-hmm. usually one man can do that. But we had to have a crane to lift that thing up. And they they had built up just a humongous frame on top of that building that went right into the to the structure of the building, the skeleton of the oh. building. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, it, we had to put the RF exposure signs up. So had one on the hatch before we got on the roof. Uh, you are entering, you know, BRF conscious when, when don't stand here, don't stand there, that type thing. Um, and the studios, uh, uh, at both locations, uh, of course, the one on, uh, uh, more downtown, uh, has had, had had some age on it. The newest one, of course, was the one on second Avenue. That's where a lot of the syndicated, uh, shows came from. Now we did uplink, uh, like uh, Phil Valentine, uh, right? One one of the uh, news programs that we originated there that went up up link, and uh, maybe a couple of more out of the the downtown one. And well, that, then, on on Second Avenue, uh, I always called that the the Cumulus Nash facility. It started Nash out facility, with a yes, yeah. Th- th- there was a magazine uh, that was edited out of there. Plus, there was that uh, morning show. Uh, that was done there, and then a, yeah. a nighttime show, Nashville Nights, was done there, and then yeah, a, th- a third, and then oh, plus Kix Brooks did his Kix American, Brooks, yeah. Uh, yeah, right, that, yeah. that top forty countdown show, yeah, uh, was yeah. done from there. Beautiful studios, oh my goodness, the Kix oh, Brooks studios, Gorgeous. that was luxurious. Oh yeah, and you're talking about a super fellow. He's just absolutely the best there is. Just friendly. I helped him uh, hang his uh, big flat screen. Uh, TV on the wall in in that in that studio on uh, Second mm-hmm. uh, not Second Avenue but uh, the one downtown mm-hmm. and uh, what what's Music City Music Circle East Music Circle oh, yeah. East that, that's what it that was Music Circle East yeah and just down Music to earth and a lot of lot of fun doing that so but uh, like I said it's it's I wouldn't take anything for it uh, it's it's a a great career. There have been a lot of changes now that now that more corporations are getting involved and yeah and uh, things things of that nature and so a lot of a lot of automation especially during uh, the, uh, the 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 illnesses that we had 
um, uh, during uh, the uh, COVID uh, years. It got to where we were doing every show from individuals' homes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so that was, a, that was a treat right there. But that got us used to doing shows. And so even after it was safe to come in, some shows never returned. They just did it from right. the house. The ones that were not the group type shows uh, in the mornings, things, things like that. So hey, I, um, I, I, I want to ask you ahead, about, uh, but before we run out of time, I want to ask you about audio processing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to guess that in your early days of AM radio, you know, processing was nice and you, you, you try to figure out how to be a little bit louder and nice and sweet sounding. But I would imagine with WZZK, and maybe WSGN in, in Birmingham, you started getting involved with a little bit of processing wars. And then when you came to Nashville, you know, everybody here is, it, Nashville's a reasonably loud uh, market. Um, yeah. uh, to talk to me about, about your, your growth in processing prowess. Well, it started out with, uh, you know, the, 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 the DAP. We had a DAP in, at one oh. of my studios early, early on. Uh, but mm -hmm. then, of course, we started getting these wonderful devices like your Omnia and and uh, you know those others. So all good products. And uh, uh, what, what was his name? I can't think of his name now. Uh, had had lunch with him one time. Oh, um, Frank Foti or or Bob Orban well, or uh, Orban, Bob Orban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so it was interesting meeting those, and especially Frank, uh, just a super guy. So, uh, but anyway, I know we're, we're running short. May I share one other thing with you? Please do. Okay. <laughs> I did take, uh, about three years out of my career to spend some time in the United States Marine Corps. Uh, mm -hmm. I had played, uh, in the band in junior high, high school, uh, and college. And so when I went in, they wanted to know what you what you did in civilian life. Well, I put down all this electronic experience I'd had, uh, you know, on air, off air engineering, page after page after page on that same form. There was one little question down there and it said, did you ever play in a high school or college band? I just checked. Yes. So the day of our graduation in boot camp, our Drill instructor stands in front of us and he gives us our MOS. That's our military occupation specialty, MOS number. Mm. And he got to my name. He said, Pennington. And I said, yes, sir. And all of a sudden he bowed his head down, started shaking it like this. Pennington, I didn't put you through all this harsh stuff of the Paris Island boot camp to have you go out and just toot on a horn. Get out of here. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> So anyway, if we if we got if we, if we got just a few more seconds here, so anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go yeah. back to um, one of my former employers, uh, Charlie Bowman, and I, uh, first time off on leave, and Charlie said, "Well, Troy, how do you like Armed Forces Radio?" And I said, "Well, uh, Charlie, uh, I didn't get in it. What do you mean?" And I said, "Well, I just there was one question on there after many many pages of all this electronic experience I'd shared, and." Uh, had you ever played in a high school or college band? And I just checked yes. And Charlie said, an ex uh, you know, kind of a naughty word. He said, well, do you want to be uh, in, in, in the uh, band or do you want to be in radio? I said, Charlie, I'm not going to toot on a horn the rest of my life. I want to get back in radio. <laughs> he said, let me. He had some pull. He had some senator friends and, and congressmen and things like that. And I'm trying to talk faster. And so I, I 
First time, go home uh, and I meet with him. And then he made the call. I go back to uh, Paris Island and the band director is, uh, uh, well, the school, yeah, the band director shaking his head. He said, who do you know up in Washington? I said, I don't know. (laughs) He said, well, pack your bag. You're going to American Forces Vietnam Network, Saigon, Key Station in Saigon. And you're going to be doing the morning news for Good Morning Vietnam. And I did that. Thankfully, there, there are some recordings I found out on the, the Internet uh, of that. And I got to listen to it, and that brought back a lot of memories. But anyway, thank you all so much. I've enjoyed this. This has been a fun time. Uh, you guys are great. Troy, I, I got news for you. We're not quite done. So hang oh. on to your chair. Uh, oh, I, we've, okay. you know, we, we usually convince Suncast. He's got a hard out time in a minute or in a few minutes, but we're, we're going to hear one more sponsor and be back. And in fact, what I'd like you to do, uh, I, I kind of tentatively named this episode Semper Fi with Troy Pennington. And Troy, when we come back, I'd love to hear a little tip from you. And maybe you can relate your uh your feelings and and what you've learned in the marines semper fi with a, with your broadcasting career and how you're loyal faithful to uh, your friends in broadcasting or something else if you want we usually get a tip of the week out of our guests we squeeze one out and so we're gonna uh try to get that from you here in just a minute uh chris tar and i are here talking to troy pennington past president of the society of broadcast engineers and longtime broadcast engineer in uh, in alabama and here in the Nashville area, uh, we're going to hear from uh, our friends at. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm drawing a play. Thank you, Vox Pro. I want to say Audio Vox, but I'm Vox Pro, and we'll be right back. Hey, what's happening? St. John here coming to you from Command Central and wanted to tell you about the absolute best partner you can have in radio. I'm talking about, boom, Wheatstone's Vox Pro. Lots of different audio software out there. Why Vox Pro? It's the only software designed to do what we needed to do, which is record, edit, playback in real time. When I say lightning fast, I'm going to show you how fast you can edit stuff up in Vox Pro right now. Literally three clicks on the controller, mark left, mark right, everything that gets marked, you hit delete, it goes goes away. It's literally that fast. So we're going to take this part right here. Boy, hell. Nine. Boom. From caller nine to him saying, I'm ready. Five. I'm ready for that secret sound. Boom. All of that stuff. Hit delete. It goes away. Here's your edit. You are tackling secret sound. Caller nine. I'm ready. So one of the best features of version seven, this is awesome. It's effects macros, and you can literally put a chain of effects together so that instead of uh, having to normalize a phone bit and then uh, use noise reduction on it and EQ it and all that, you can literally build a chain. One button, this button, this one's called call right here. I just click that. All of those processes happen instantaneously. Final thing that I love about Vox Pro, and there's so much more to get into, but uh, one of my favorite things, you can load it on a laptop. I've literally done my show from a hotel room in Armenia to uh, the conference room at, yeah, this was fun, jury duty. Great thing, no one could tell the difference. Vox Pro makes it totally easy. Telling you, if you're looking for the best on-air partner, call my friends at Wheatstone, ask them about Vox Pro, and you will be glad you did. And actually, the place that you need to go to buy a Vox Pro is Broadcasters General Store. Their website, bgs.cc, or you can call them because they're really set up to take phone calls. Pick up that phone, give them a call. You'll get a friendly voice on the other end of the line. 352-622-7700. 352-622-7700. 
352-622-7700. It'll be a few minutes of your time. Very well worth, uh, very well spent and we're spending and hey i'm looking forward to doing some uh, sbe meetings on the road with my friends at broadcasters general store i think buck waters and i are going to head out on the road and and uh, head up to the new york city area and also to, uh, after the nab show to the uh, upper to, to the northwest uh, in the state of oregon we're going to see some uh, sbe chapters there so check it out thanks bgs broadcasters general store for sponsoring this week in radio tech well, Chris, I have uh, really enjoyed this time with Troy Pennington. It's it's good to hear such a Southern gentleman uh, talking. And I've never heard uh, Troy say a bad word about anybody. I'm sure he's thought a few bad words about people, but he doesn't he keeps it to himself. Troy, I wonder if you might leave us with some kind of a tip of the week. What, you, what would you like people to walk away from remembering what you said today? Well, you may just want me just to leave, uh, Kurt. So, but anyway, no, I'll, I'll, I'll stay. Uh, I think you wanted something about the Marines. I was scared. We got there on the on Paris Island. We're bust in like at two a.m. All mm. of a sudden, everybody is screaming and shouting at you and 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 pushing you. And it was a nightmare. And we stood up. We couldn't sit down for like twelve hours when we first got there. Then, of course, we went through boot camp, which was uh, extremely tough. Then we went through the rifle range and uh got uh, qualified with that and the uh 45 pistol qualified with that did a lot of running but when i got changed over to the band uh we would get to go to watermelon festival state fairs uh colors and all sorts of events and and that was good traveling lots of times we would fly to these other places i know we flew up to uh uh one of the state fairs up in uh, uh springfield ohio and just had a ball up there. Had wonderful uh, uh, people to accompany us uh, once we got there, and and uh, just just added to my book of memories, book of fond memories. But anyway, uh, Kurt, if I uh, you know I'm very bashful about talking, so you may have to give me one of these signs, like wrap it up, <laughs> to let me know. But anyway, let me just say thank you all so much. This has been uh, this has been wonderful. Uh, another, I consider it another highlight of my career is to get to be uh, with you guys, you and Chris and, and all the others and all the guys I've been with down through these uh, uh, 55, 58 years of, of being in this business. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you all. It, it, thr it, it thrills my heart, uh, Troy, that, that you look so positively on your career. And I know your career has been filled with challenges, just like, like all of us. And you choose to look at a lot of the good things. And uh, uh, I, I, I see your posts on Facebook. I know you love to spend time with your grandkids and, oh, yeah. uh, and, and, and good memories of your time in, in the Marines and, and your experiences there, plus, oh, yeah. plus radio. Hey, uh, Chris may have a, a, a tip for us as well. Chris, you got anything to close us out with? I sure do. Uh, this tip is about uh, using a flare gun. So uh, basically, you know, one of those heat signature guns. I was surprised at how affordable they've become. Uh, oh. I just bought one on Amazon. And you really, if you're doing this job, you really need to get one. And I'll tell you why. I have a policy at all of my sites for, for the, the guys that I work with to run your hand along the transmission line and just make sure that it's not overheating or anything like that. But, um, you know, the same could go for, and you can't really rub your hand on it, but electrical panels and different things like that. And, you know, it used to be you just take the thermometer gun and point it and get the temperature. This mm. will actually show you the heat signatures, and you can 
move it around the room and see what your transmission line looks like, your electrical boxes and all that kind of stuff. And again, a couple hundred dollars, you can get these online at, at Amazon. And these aren't, obviously, they're not the FLIR, FLIR brand that are really good and also very expensive, but these are enough to use as a tool to kind of just sweep your room before you leave at a transmitter site and just make sure, you know, there's nothing that's really uh, in danger of getting too hot or, or burning up. So uh, again, that's just, that's my tip is, uh, you know, you should if you should have one in your toolbox. Maybe you could send me a, a link to the one that, that you got after you did some research. I'd, I'd love to share uh, your thoughts sure. on either something you got or, or something similar. So, yeah, shoot me a link on uh, on that. I, you, you go to Amazon and you put in, like, FLIR gun, and you get plenty of $1,000 and $2,000 results. So I, right. I'd like to see. <laughs> I'd like sure. to, you, you know what I'm scared of, though, is getting ready to leave, turn out the lights in the transmitter room, point the flare gun around and see a body in the corner, you know, somebody lurking that, that wouldn't yeah. be. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> no, that'd be a little scary. <laughs> oh man. And, and by the way, if, if you ever do see Bigfoot, uh, don't get your good camera out, get the flare gun. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you can have as, as bad a picture as everybody else does. <laughs> yeah, oh. Nice fuzzy little picture. Yeah. Yeah. Troy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I, I'm, it's great thank to you, catch Kurt. up with you. We need, we're in the same area. We need to get together and have lunch or coffee or we do. You know, Waffle House yeah. or something. You can buy me I'd lunch anytime. So uh, I'll, I'll be glad to buy you lunch anytime. Yeah. Yeah. I will yeah. do. Chris, thank and you Chris, for, for uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Troy. Yep. Yeah, Chris, thank you too. Good, good seeing you. Oh. And thank you for having me on, both of y'all, for having me on today. It was a pleasure. Thank you. In, indeed. Thanks to Suncast, our producer, for switching today's show. And thanks to Andrew Zarian, the guy with the forethought to create this fine network, the guys from Queens GFQ Network. Appreciate uh, both Suncast and uh, Andrew Zarian. We're going to see you uh, next week on This Week in Radio Tech. Bye-bye.